With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. Hi everybody, this is James the Cricket Badger. Good to have you with me on the Cricket Badger podcast. And it's a Cricket Badger podcast with a little bit of a difference this week. Because it's just me. And it's my thoughts on the 100 and the dangers that it poses, in my opinion, to cricket in England and even beyond. I've been feeling really disenfranchised from cricket for probably the last two or three years, maybe even more than that. The game is changing. I kind of equate it to Brexit. I voted remain. We left. I was one of the 48% that wanted to stay in the EU. And as part of that rather big chunk of the population, I feel my opinions are being largely ignored. And looking at the repercussions of all of that, I actually think I was right. And I feel the same way in cricket at the moment. Cricket is changing. I have got nothing against change. When the 100 was introduced, the ECB, they didn't have any interest in what existing cricket fans thought about the changes, wanted to see preserved and thought was important. And what business, when it comes to making drastic changes, completely disregards its existing customer base. It just doesn't make any business sense whatsoever. So at the moment, I am a cricket badger. I'm a cricket lover. I have been since I was seven years old. And that's quite some time ago. I've watched the game change and I'm not against change. I actually think if you listen to my thoughts on where cricket should go domestically and indeed internationally, you'd actually probably think me quite radical. Instead of the 100, I'd have probably gone for a T10 involving all 18 counties, played over two or three weeks. But the 100 to me, A, franchises don't work in England. We just are not set up as a population to 
digest our sport in that way. And B, when it comes down to it, sport is about money. You obviously need to pay the bills, but it's not all about money. There is a heart and soul in cricket generated over centuries, handed down by generation to generation that just cannot be ignored. That history is too important. That intent from the ECB to actively ignore existing county supporters when it came to introducing the 100, I think is incredibly worrying. The it's not for you attitude. So what do you care? Well, I care because it might not be for me. I'm not young and vibrant and full of energy and the joys of spring and turned on by putrid colours on graphics on the screen. But what is for me is what remains on the English domestic scene. And that is getting marginalised. It's getting pushed to the side to make room for a new competition that cricket fans did not want and none cricket fans didn't know they wanted. It just made no sense whatsoever. As I say, I'm not unradical. I think there's too much cricket. I actually agree with a lot, a, a lot of what the ECB say. I know county supporters want to have their 14 games, seven at home, get value for money for their membership and sit in the sunshine. But I'd actually prefer to see less county championship cricket played at the right times, giving fans domestic structure, which gives players and teams time out sometimes to actually regroup, get some players fit, look after injuries, prepare properly for the next game. I often hark back to when I was working for Yorkshire County Cricket Club. I think it was 2012. We had this part of the season where we went to Liverpool for a four-day game. Day off, one-day game in Worcester. Day off, four-day game in Taunton. Day off to travel, four-day game in Hove. Day off, back to Leeds, T20 blast started. The season is bonkers. And for supporters, you might see that day off as thinking, oh, the players are at home with their feet up. But the days off tend to be travelling to the next destination or training for the next match, fitting in something, having some physio, doing whatever. I did two years home and away with Yorkshire in 2011 and 2012. I think there were two days off where I was actually at home in the entire summer, both summers. That is not enough. Nobody cares about me sitting behind a laptop or behind a microphone, but if you're turning up and you're paying your hard-earned cash to watch cricketers play, you at least want them to be well-prepared and to be somewhere near 100% up for it, fit, ready and raring to go. You're not expecting them to be knackered. And at the moment, they're knackered. And I know you get the little violins out and you say, well, they're paying pay to play professional cricket. We'd all do the same. And you'd also be moaning if you were doing that, I can tell you, because it is a harrowing, hard and very tough schedule during the summer. So I'd actually prefer to see 10 games. But, and it's a big but, I cannot lie, I'd actually prefer to see those 10 games in the heart of the summer, around the test matches. We've seen already, you know, Zach Crawley runs out of form. He hasn't got Kent to go back to to try and regain his place or regain his form. You've got nobody in the county scene able to wave at the selectors in middle of July to say, I'm in amazing form. I've just scored two double centuries on the bounce because there isn't any county cricket played at the key times of a summer. We devote the entirety of August to the 100. August is the key summer month. 
It's the best month of the summer. It's when the schools are off. It's when everything is set up perfectly to showcase cricket. So I can see why they want the 100 there. But I can also see why county fans want to at least have some cricket that they want to see in those key summer months. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Going back to the start of this, I've got a full admiration for the ECB for sitting down around a table and saying, right, how can we make our sport better? That is something that every industry, every sport should be doing on a regular basis. But the thought process from there on, for me, was incredibly flawed. I've really genuinely tried to avoid the 100 this summer. I have watched a few balls by accident after the test match finished, left the telly on and thought, I'll watch a few minutes of it just to see what it's like. And it is no better than the blast. The overseas names are no better than in the blast. The media imbalance around the 100 is ridiculous. Commentators, a good catch turns into the best catch you've ever seen. I've got experience of working in commentary. I've got experience of doing this podcast. If you tell somebody that something that blatantly isn't the best thing in the world is the best thing in the world, you will soon lose the listener because you are lying to them effectively and they will not trust you. You've got to give the good and the bad alongside each other. That was a bad shot. That was a good shot. That was excellent. That wasn't. Yeah, say it how you think. One of the best examples, I think, was a Quinton de Kock catch wicketkeeper last 100. And I watched it on the replays and I listened to the commentary. Oh, my word, how did he do that? That's incredible. That's world-class. That is the, one of the best catches you will ever see at a cricket match. He dived to his right. It was a very good catch. But you see those in the county game week in, week out. It was a very good catch. It wasn't the best you've ever seen. So please don't lie. And that overhyping, I think, is in danger of actually tarnishing the 100 in a way. People working on the matches, the commentators, they're going to tell you that the 100 is marvellous because they are getting paid to watch it. People whose family are involved in the 100 and getting paid by their franchises are going to tell you it's good because their sons and daughters are getting richly rewarded for playing for a few weeks. These people are not impartial. Bumble in the skybox. It's brilliant, this hundred. Whoa, rah, rah, rah. Gets out the skybox, tells it like it is, says it's rubbish. It's not rocket science to see where the land lies in terms of the way the media portray stuff. But the biggest danger for me is what happens to the 18 counties, what happens to the county championship, the 50 over stuff, the T20. I said I was radical. I'd actually been 50 over cricket. I It's the least favourite of my cricket viewing. You listening to me, it might be your favourite. But for me, I think there's two types of cricket left, which you can really hang your hat on. T20 and the T20 Blast, the IPL, etc. around the world. Short, sharp, bang, in your face, go home, have a good time. 
And then your test matches, your Red Bull stuff, the first class stuff, the county championship, where you can actually let a game take shape over four or five days. I always think that one day cricket is bite size, it's fast food, it's your TV advert or half hour sitcom. Some are good, some are bad. You remember the good ones for a few weeks. You might remember some shots for a little bit longer. You forget the bad ones almost immediately. I always think with Red Bull cricket, it's more like a feature film. You get good and bad. But The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, the classic shit feature films you remember and you want to watch again and you will remember years later. And that, to me, is what the Red Bull stuff is like. And both have their place in our game. And I want to see our game being like a stick of rock. You know, you go to Blackpool, you get the red and white swirly rock where the two coexist are given equal preference, are given equal marketing, are loved equally and are nurtured for the future equally. At the moment in the English domestic setup, Red Bull is totally ignored when it comes to marketing. I can't remember seeing anything remotely on YouTube or any of the social media sites I go on that kind of point me to a Red Bull match. There was so much pointing me towards the 100, but there was nothing about the county championship. If you don't show as a governing body that you love something and that you actually really believe in it, how do you expect these so-called new fans to take it on board and love it? If you don't serve up a, a fixture schedule which actually makes sense to people who don't love the game and who don't write the fixtures on the calendar immediately, how do you expect them to work out what on earth's going on? You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline very difficult to compare cricket with other sports and it's very difficult to compare countries to countries often when i post on social media i'll get people saying well you love the ipl so why don't you love the hundred I'll, I'll address that here i do like the ipl i think the ipl is great i love it a little bit less since it's got longer because it drags on I used to do a daily podcast on the ipl i can't devote the time to it now because it just takes up a sixth of my year and it's going to get longer. And that is dangerous for cricket. Big Bash, I always used to think, was terrific. That has been diluted because it's tried to mimic the IPL. It's made itself longer and it has killed the golden goose to some degree. But like I say, it's impossible to compare countries because what works in India will not work in England, possibly vice versa. Because in India, you've got 1.4 billion people. They love Bollywood. They love cricket. They love celebrity. They love personalities they will change their franchise from season to season you know Sachin plays for the Mumbai Indians so they'll support the Mumbai Indians Sachin retires they then change their allegiance to CSK because MS Dhoni plays for them MS Dhoni disappears who's my next favorite Rohit Sharma back to the Mumbai Indians that's kind of the thought process for a lot of Indian supporters you add the glitz and glamour of Bollywood and you have got a recipe for success. You add in the fact that the Indian cricket season can be really long. You add the fact that the weather's pretty decent. All of those things combined with that huge audience, 1.4 billion potentially in India, plus a lot more overseas as well. 
you have got a winner. You have got a money earner. You have got something that's going to be popular. You're going to get bums on seats. You're going to get TV audiences. Everything is ticked with the IPL. And the IPL actually helps Indian cricket. You look at the way the IPL works and it sits on top of the domestic structure and brings through youngsters. It kind of does its job. It fits into their system without altering and and spoiling anything else. You do that in England and you put the 100 in August in England, everything else gets sidelined. Everything else goes down a notch. The T20 Blast was growing year on year. The T20 Blast involved all 18 counties and was played in school holidays, or a lot of it was. You bring in the 100 into August, the T20 Blast gets shoved further forward. You don't put the marketing behind it. You start to look like you don't love it. And then you wonder why audiences go down. But then in a year's time, potentially, when you have to choose between the 100 and the T20 Blast, you'll say, well, the T20 Blast, the audiences are diminishing to that, whereas the 100, they're going up. So if we're going to lose one, it's got to be the Blast. It can't be the 100. The 100's what's actually cooking on gas. Because you've thrown every single shekel left in your bank balance behind the 100 and ignored the Blast. You've shown that you love the 100. You haven't shown people that you love the Blast. You're trying to appeal to a new audience get them into cricket and all you're showing them is that you love the 100 and you don't love the blast. So why would you expect little Jimmy to ask his dad to take him to a blast game when all of the bells and whistles and the shiny bits are on the 100? I think the 100's actually introduced a few good things. There are a few little practices and little bells and whistles on the games that are good, in my opinion. Stick him in the blast. Why save them up until you introduce the 100? Why were they not already in the blast if they were already on the table? If... The way you're marketing the 100 is how you see the perfect way to market a competition. Why are you not doing the same thing for the Blast and for the county championship? If it works for the 100, do it for the other two competitions. If you say you really love them, because you quite patently don't. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 18 counties. Why do we need them? A lot of people in high office have for a long time wanted less than 18 counties. Have wanted for a long time less than 18 counties. Never really shouted that from the rooftops because they know they're going to get pelters from members in those counties and from people like me. There is that willingness behind closed doors for that to be the case. It will be no accident, you know, if in a few years' time some counties go under. It will be no accident. Why do we need 18 counties? Loads of reasons. They all have rich histories over centuries. They all are part of their communities. They all have had success at their relative levels. They've all produced top quality players, many of whom have gone on to play international cricket. They all support the ECB and the England team in laying that foundation around the country for the game to thrive and to prosper. People refer to the money the counties are given as being handouts or subsidies or almost charity. It's not because those counties play their part in English cricket and their money that they receive from the ECB 
is the trade-off for that. It's their payment for that. It's payment for their role within the game. It isn't charity. You may turn around and say, well, why haven't Derbyshire produced more England players or Leicestershire produced more England players? Well, there's a reason for that, isn't there? The England selectors tend to look at players predominantly from test match grounds. You get players with Leicestershire, don't get picked for England until they get to Nottinghamshire, who tend to buy Leicestershire players. So you can't necessarily turn around and say, well, that county's not produced any England players because kind of at the mercy of the selector in terms of who they pick to a degree, often the player moves on to a different county before he's picked. So the playing field isn't level when it comes to that. All of those 18 counties as well spread the tentacles of our game around the entire country. When you've got seven cities, yes, of course, you've got population centres and, de- and population masses inside those cities, but you've also got a hell of a lot of the population a long way away from those cities. A little Mark Wood growing up in the northeast, a little Ben Stokes growing up in the northeast, the Overtons growing up down there in the southwest. The Overtons would have ended up playing rugby, wouldn't they? Because they wouldn't have travelled all the way to their nearest 100 centre to play in Cardiff, probably, to play cricket. We've got to be very careful in cricket what we wish for. Of course money is important. Of course we want a new audience. Of course we want cricket to thrive in the future. Of course, of course, of course. You know, all of those things are taken as red. So when you come back at me with stuff like that, oh, you're a dinosaur, you're whatever, oh, granddad, shut up. A, I'm not a granddad. And B, I care. I care about this game. I don't just care about what I can do tomorrow. And sitting in the sun at Headingley watching the Northern Super Ferrets is not a bad thing to do. I'm not saying I want people to be miserable. If you're enjoying the 100, fine. But I care about what this game looks like in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, hopefully 100 years. And I don't want to see it die. I want to look after Test Cricket. I want to look after the County Championship. Every cricketer you talk about, you talk to rather, will tell you that winning the championship means more to them. Might not mean more to them financially. It might not get them a gig in the big bash, but it means most to them because it is an arduous season where they've had to pit their wits against other counties. And it's a test of stamina, technique and endurance and capacity to continue winning consistently over a concerted period of time. I've been told by more than one person this summer that players have... In the words of other people, this is my words, but treating treated the 100 as a glorified stag do, where winning doesn't necessarily matter, where they're going to get paid good money. They turn up, go out every night, and if they win the next day, great. If they don't, so be it. That's not great, is it? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A two-divisional blast would have given you everything that the 100 gives you and kept cricket united. We could have added the new audience to the existing audience. We could have got behind our local teams, which we are just naturally geographically proud of. We could have made it two divisional. We could have had a top division of eight or nine called the Premier League. We could have had a second division where there's promotion and relegation between the two. We could have televised the Premier League, the top division, one game a day. 
could have played others elsewhere. You don't have to televise them all. You could add a highlights package to get around the rest of the second divisional matches and give out the headlines from elsewhere in the competition. It wouldn't have taken too much thought, ingenuity and desire to make that happen. It would have taken a fraction, and I mean a small fraction, of the in money invested into the 100 to make the T20 Blast really sing and dance. And it would have been a format that the rest of the world plays. This myth that the 100 is going to be sold to other countries who are desperate to get their hands on the 100 is just utter tosh. Why would a country that's already got a successful T20 competition buy in the 100? Why would a country that's already got a successful T20 competition compromise it by changing it into a format not played elsewhere other than England? And if you wanted to bring in a competition around about 100 balls, call it the 80, call it the 90, call it the 99, call it the 101. ECB doesn't own those numbers. They only own the 100. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. The one thing I think has been terrific about the 100 over the last two years has been the increased profile for women's cricket. Women's cricket is on the up. Women's cricket is good. I'll tell you what, you you see some blokes... There's a lot of misogyny in cricket. Some blokes saying, why are they doing this, that and the other? They're rubbish. Stick them against you in the nets and I know who will win. I really want to see women's cricket thrive. I really do. Simple truth is that without the men in the 100, the women's competition, is it sustainable on its own as a financial model? We already had, though, a women's tournament. That could have been promoted and expanded and given a bit of razzmatazz. I don't know what the answer is for the women's game. I'm really pleased to see the 100. I mean, you could keep the 100 for women's cricket. I don't want to see the women suffer by a move away from the 100. Really don't. But if you're serious, ECB, the 100, about women's cricket being the equal partner to men, double headers, both getting equal billing, pay them the same amount of money. If you really think it's equality, pay them the same amount of money. I'd be happy to see that happen. But in a way, we kind of know that it's not equality, is it? The women are kind of tagged on to make it look good. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, with the women's football, have all of the song and dance around the Euros, quite rightly, brilliant performance by the England women to win that. Absolutely had me in hook, line and sinker watching that. I've not watched another women's football game. And I understand the crowds for the women's football top division are really quite small still haven't really developed as a result of the exposure of the the uh, the national team. So you know, the women's sport thing, I think, and, and the women in sport and how that's developed is a, an issue not just for cricket, but for sport as a whole. And I am not informed enough to know the answers. I just know that I want to see them do well and want to see them succeed and want to see women's sport grow. But we're stuck with 100, I think, I think till 2028. We're stuck with... It being in August, we're stuck with them not playing international cricket now in that window. We're stuck with them working out what to do in August to kind of pat existing cricket fans on the head and saying, well, you can have this whilst we go off and set off the fireworks. This is unsustainable, isn't it? How can, how can you support four formats in a English summer? I just don't see how you can, especially when one of them is given priority and is given this stage in that key month of August worries me massively so when you say 
uh, the hundred is living rent free in your head. It's not living rent free in my head. I can tell you it's a price being paid for the hundred living in my head. And it's a legitimate concern. Now, if you like the hundred, fair play to you. But don't criticize me for speaking up against it because I don't like the hundred. I think it has got serious repercussions for the county game. I think it's all about money. It's all about shine. It's not about heart and soul. It's not about loyalty. It is about just a quick fix and a quick solution. So if I'm going to have my say, I'll say it because I passionately believe it. I'd argue probably more passionately than you believe in your chosen franchise because there's nearly 50 years of cricket watching in me. I love this sport. I am a cricket badger. Somebody said to me, how can you call yourself a cricket badger if you don't like the 100? Because that's cricket. I called myself a cricket badger long before the 100. And I'll call myself a cricket badger long into the future. Hopefully, it's a future where we can see all forms of cricket coexist and help each other out. Not the 100 being given all the marketing budget and everything else, almost like begging at the feet of it, just for some scraps here and there. So when you're doing this review, Mr. Strauss, Mr. Key, Mr. Everybody Else, please, please, please. The one thing I'd ask is do not ignore existing supporters because they matter. Yeah, it's great to get the kids in. It's great to get the big smiles on their faces. Hopefully there'll be cricket fans for a million years into the future. But the people that love the championship, the people that love the blast, who are separate audiences, by the way, are important too. They are your bread and butter. They are the people that have stuck with you through thick and thin over the last 10, 20 years. They matter and they should be heard. If you don't listen to them, the fracture that's currently in cricket will grow wider and wider and wider and you'll find yourself with a completely divided sport in the future. That's enough for now. But I am just hope it's taken in the right spirit. If you love the 100, I'm not against you. You're a human being. You like cricket great but i hope you respect the fact that there are people in cricket who are very very concerned they're not looking for a hark back to the 70s and 80s they're not against change they just are very concerned about the future of the game that they call theirs too did that all off the cuff i hope it made sense see you again soon Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.